0: You got your Bibles today. Turn with me to the book of Luke, chapter 10, verse 38. Title of this morning's message is Worship Service. Worship Service, part of our Words in Red series. Luke 10, verse 38, on this special Mother's Day. But let's pray real quick. Father God, thank you for today. Thank you for the presence of God in this place, the spirit of worship we've felt. And I pray over the next few moments. Lord, I know it's a special holiday and a special day for mom and for family, and we're celebrating life, but, Father, we're celebrating, too, what it really means to have a true heart of worship, God, what it really means to have uh, uh, just a childlike captivity, Lord, that we just are so captivated by you and what you have done for us, Father, Lord, and we appreciate you so very much, God. And, Lord, I pray over the next few moments that we would just Uh, reignite that flame of worship inside each one of us, but as your word speaks it so clearly in our heart, somebody said, amen. Amen. Uh, This life offers us uh, no lack of things to do, especially for moms, we we know, uh, moms you know very well, between work and cooking and cleaning and bills and kids and after school activities and your husbands, uh, there's a lot of things that keep your mind busy. And moms, when headaches come, uh, just like one author said, just do what it says on the bottle of the Tylenol. Take two and keep away from children. Uh, I thought that was good. But how do you choose what's best when it comes to prioritizing your life? Men and women, young and old, you know, we can do a lot of good work in this life. There's a lot of good things that we can do. But how can we be sure if God thinks... The good things that we're doing is actually worth it. Uh, Scripture clearly teaches, you know, if we look in the Bible, we can say it says, hey, put God first in your life. Uh, You're supposed to worship him and him alone. Seek his kingdom and his righteousness. Everything else will be added to you. We read all these things a lot about uh, not worrying about acquiring the things of the world. God or God will provide for the sparrows. He'll provide for you all these verses. But I wonder sometimes even myself included, are we really listening to them? Do we really take it to heart, and is it really on the inside? And of all the things that worry and bother you today, do you know the one thing that is really necessary? That's what we're talking about today. Of all the things that can worry and bother you today, which are many, do you have the one thing that is really necessary? I think many Christians today with very good intentions, I'll repeat that, with very good intentions are so busy That even when we come to church in our attendance to a worship service, it's unknowingly become a time of entertainment to Christ. A time where we're trying to entertain him, and there's no longer any worship in it. And so we're asking ourselves today, is there is my work kingdom work? And does my work replace my worship? All right. So Luke chapter ten, verse thirty eight. This up Jesus is Luke Luke is a unique story here and it's only found in Luke. And he says this he says, Now as they were traveling along, Jesus and his disciples, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. And she had a sister called Mary, who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all of her preparations, and she came up to him and said, Lord, Do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, you're worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Here we find Mary and Martha. And if you get a little background of these people, Mary and Martha are the sisters they're sisters, and they're the sister of Lazarus. And this family is a very close, good family to Jesus. And they often have him in their home. And they live in a little town called Bethany, which is just across the Mount of Olives, on the other side of the Mount of Olives from Jerusalem. So it's kind of like Mount of Olives is a hillside between Jerusalem and Bethany. And so on Jesus' many trips to Jerusalem, he likely stayed with this family. And they loved him very much, and the Bible tells us there's a special deep love that Jesus had for this family. And here's one of these times, and we don't know, Luke is unique, and so we don't know where to place this passage, either before or after uh, Lazarus' death. And there's some other passages that link with this. and But it, there's really this one spot is one verse, or one and a half verses of words in red. And Jesus says to Martha, you're worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing Is necessary. I want to kind of talk to this morning about Martha and Mary, and then what this has to do with us today. And the first part is the uh, the servant. Let's talk about Martha for a minute. Martha is uh, unique. I like Martha. Me and Martha have a lot in common. I get along with Martha pretty good. Uh, Martha is this. She's a very active going person. She's very organized. She's very detailed. Uh, She would have been a great. Uh, house guest uh, in her time. We, we know that Martha was kind of the the Martha steward of her day. She could cook, she could clean, uh, she would invite people in. Uh, she was punctual, she was active. Uh, she used, uh, she had, actually we know that she was uh, probably the older sister of Mary, and her name actually meant lady of the house. She had a fitting name uh, for her gifts because God had given her this natural gifting and I think some of that was spiritual gifting. that She had gifts and talent. And what's awesome about Martha is that she began to use that for the Lord. She had what God had gave her, and she used it for the Lord. She was a good cook, but she cooked for the Lord. That's pretty awesome. She was a good hostess, and she hosted for the Lord. And so uh, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 tells us that as each one has received a special gift employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So instead of Martha Stewart, she was really Martha Stewart. She was a good steward of what God had gifted her with. And so she had natural gifts and spiritual gifts. Do you know that hospitality is a spiritual gift? That's a spiritual gift listed in the Bible. That is a gift God has given you to be a good cook. So I'm expecting someone to invite me over this week, right? It's a spiritual gift. Peter says, use your spiritual gifts for the grace of God. But Martha was a servant. She had a servant's heart. And the word servant or serve actually means to work. God had made her a good worker. Man, you can't replace good workers. Some of you guys are bosses. Uh, You work with other people. You can't put a price tag on good workers. Amen? Amen. Right, Chris? Wherever you went, we were talking about working this morning. Uh, Her gift was to work. And specifically, the word serve means to work as a slave. And that's what she made herself, a worker, a servant, a slave of Christ. And we know that from her personality and her natural gifts and her spiritual gifts, she used these for Christ. Number one, she was the first person to Jesus. She was that go-getter kind of a person. Uh, When her brother dies... uh, uh, we see in the book of John that when her brother dies, everyone is still at the funeral. And Mary, the contemplative one, we'll talk about her in a minute, but Mary's still there crying. And Mary stays, but Martha, when she hears that Jesus was coming, she runs out to meet him halfway. She was that, I'm going to get to the root of the problem kind of a thing. And so she had that, I'm, I'm not waiting around, uh, sitting here crying, I know my brother's dead, but Jesus is coming. That's awesome. She was a first person to Jesus. We know that she had uh, faith in Jesus. She was a lady of faith. She believed in Jesus' healing power because when Jesus comes out in John chapter 11, she tells Jesus, Jesus, I know that if you had been here, man, you have the healing power, you could have healed my brother. She knew the power of Jesus. And she makes one of the most powerful declarations of Jesus Christ in, I think, the whole New Testament. Uh, in the Gospels. More, uh, I, even, I think it rivals Peter's declarations, uh, even Thomas's, because she clearly says, this woman of faith says, You are the Christ, the Son of God. When everybody in the world didn't know who he was, she boldly declares, You are the Christ, you are the Son of God. Martha was direct. She had an opinion, she wasn't afraid to give it, but thank God she had an opinion of Jesus Christ. He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. So she had faith in Jesus, and she was a friend of Jesus. I mentioned there was a special love she had for Jesus, her and her brother and her sister, and so he had a special love for them. And we see here in this passage, she is willing in a time when the Pharisees and the Sadducees uh, and the people are looking to crucify Jesus, She is willing to invite this known, um, what some would have called a rebel, this instigator, this traitor. She was willing to invite Jesus into her home, making a sacrifice maybe of even her own reputation, risking her own reputation in the temple uh, and sacrifice uh, uh, even her own reputation of her home and invite Jesus in. Man, somebody needs to be inviting Jesus in more often in our world today no matter our reputation. That's the kind of person Martha was. Not only that, she was willing to sacrifice for the mission of Jesus. You see, when Jesus came in, we don't know how many people came in with him, but we know it was at least 12, plus some. And so here in this little bitty stone house, in this little bitty village in the middle of nowhere, she invites this whole band of people and she feeds them from her own pocket. See, so that can, go on, 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 uh, can be hidden if you don't pay attention to the context of the story. That Martha, so many people read this and want to give Martha some grief about missing the point, but man, Martha was a great lady. Martha had a lot of good things going for her, and she was first to Jesus, she had faith in Jesus, and she was a friend of Jesus, and she knew how to serve. And Matthew, Jesus says, verse, chapter 23, verse 11, The greatest among you shall be your servants. Martha was a great lady, because she had every, everything that she had. It was for the Lord. It was for serving him and serving his cause. See, Jesus, when he would stop, nobody paid Jesus his salary. Nobody paid the disciples his salary. So people, uh, the disciples in Jesus would rely on people like Martha to get them from one place to the next, just like we have our missionary guests today, we have evangelists come in, or you, we have our pastoral staff or the church. She was a supporter of the kingdom of God with her finances, with her talents, with her ability, and with her own two hands. But something happened somewhere in this busyness of life when life keeps going, much like we have today. Uh, man, we a lot of good people, good Christians with good intentions, with good talents, good abilities, and who are serving God's kingdom. But something happened where Martha began to entertain some doubts. She wasn't perfect just like all of us. She had her areas of growth even though she was an awesome lady. In her logistical mind, she entertained some doubts. And they surfaced when her brother died because she doubted that Christ could actually resurrect her brother in the present. And I'm Sometimes we think about coming to worship and coming to church and giving in our tithes or offering giving to missions or even just trying to be a good Christian at the the office or the oil rig or uh, at the school. Sometimes I wonder if it's lip service, and we think of Martha too often in that. But this was a part of her life that we get to... Aren't you glad that you're not written in the Bible sometimes? Because here's Martha's reputation, this awesome lady, and we get this one verse about that life, right? Man, I don't want to just get one part of my life written down permanently. But Martha was distracted. Luke says she was distracted. She was cumbered. She was anxious with all the hustle and bustle. No doubt, man, how many people have invited, will you have Thanksgiving and Christmas? Are you a little distracted with the hustle and bustle? Ladies, cooking and cleaning for 20 people coming over, you're going to get distracted, right? Can you blame Martha? Really? I mean, Jesus is here. My gosh, get the nice china out. Get, the disciples are hungry, and you got uh, Peter over here, and, and all these guys. And so she was distracted, but she had reason to be. But what happened here is once, what once was her gift, what was her spiritual and spiritual, our spiritual and her natural gift, unknowingly became a distraction from the giver. Her spiritual gift, her natural gifts, had become a distraction from the giver. And it became more, instead of about worship, it became entertaining. She was entertaining her guests. And that's what we look at our Christian life today. One author says it this way, he says, Martha was busy, but not blessed. What once was ministry, perhaps birthed out of her love and her purpose for Christ, now became some kind of a duty to entertain others. You guys ever had a hobby? All right, a hobby. Anybody have hobbies? We've got to get some more of y'all some hobbies. you got to get let loose sometime, right? You don't know, have a hobby. I love to paint and, and all that, but I don't want to do it for a living. Because why? It becomes work, right? And sometimes even the most uh, basic things we do that are hobbies, even there, maybe it's a gift that God has given you that you use for the Lord. If you're not careful, it can become work. And that's what happened with Martha. It had become Maybe there was things going on. Maybe she missed, was late on her bills that month. Maybe there was things going on in her life. Maybe her kids were acting crazy in the back room and she was worried about what was going on and how the house looked. Maybe she didn't have time to get everything ready that day. And Jesus and them showed up without so much notice. I don't know what was going on in her life, but she had a spiritual gift that she was using for the Lord and God was honored by it. But that spiritual gift started to replace the giver of the gift. It became more about entertainment, and entertaining the guests, and entertaining Jesus rather than worshiping. So our question this morning, we think about Martha, is who are you serving? Who are you serving? What distracts you from your service to the Lord? Think about it for a moment. Does anything distract you from your service? Even if you're living right now with good intentions for Jesus Christ, Martha wasn't a bad person, but something distracted her from her service to the Lord. God perhaps has given you natural talents, spiritual giftings. Many in the church today, I know, have yet to use them for kingdom service. Many the, there is so much talent in this room right now just being bottled up. I believe God wants you to just say, Hey, would you use that for my kingdom? Like Martha, would you use it for my purpose? She's a great example of a servant's heart, active disciple of Jesus. But are you sometimes busy with the what... Of so many things, busy with the what of so many things that we forget about the who. Busy with the what of so many things that we forget about the who that is really, truly necessary in our life. I know what it's like. You know, Beth and I, we're a young couple. We've been married for a good while. We've been even together longer than that. And we've got a daughter, and I've got a yard. I've got a Two cars that, you know, sometimes need repair. I've got thing- we all have got things. We've got a lot of what in our life. We've got bills. We've got the insurance issues. We've got, you know, uh, uh, things happening. There's always something. You don't- if you don't have anything happening in your life, uh, you need to come visit one of us sometime, right? I mean, we all got the what's. But do we forget about the who? Who is your life really all about? Who has made your life possible? Who has, who has brought true joy? Who brings true peace in your life? Who, has, who is putting the breath in your life every day? Who are you made for? And who is going to set your future in place? Right? Who's going to provide truly provide your meals tomorrow? Who's going to truly provide your finances to pay your bills next month? It's not you and it's not me. There's a who that sometimes, in the middle of all the what, we forget the who. And Martha, like many Christians, uh, she invited Christ into her home. She gave Him her time, her talent, her treasure. And we think about her getting involved in church. But she forgot the why and the who. Why am I doing this? You know, we can come to church every week. But if we forget the who and why we're there... Man, it's just another service project. It's just another act of of lip service that we give to God. Because, and it's, trust me, it's not a bad thing. Martha was not doing a bad thing serving Christ. But even Christ says, Martha, you're missing the point. Do we miss the point when we come to church? And sometimes we do. And even like Martha, we will. Even pastors sometimes don't want to be at church. Can I be honest? Sometimes we've all had crazy weeks. I'm not an exception. You just don't feel like being here. But it's a good thing to do. But in those moments, I have to come to my, uh, come to my heart and say, heart, you've got to remind yourself of the who. i got a lot of what's, but who has made my life possible? And, and I like what one author says. Is, he says this, Serving God is only good if it's in response to His grace. Serving God is only good if it's in response to His grace. He asked Martha, do you remember who I am? Why I'm here? See, she was serving, and that's good. Man, I wish... It's like brushing our teeth. Our br- brushing our teeth is, is good. There's a lot of good things you should do. Some of us more so, right? Uh, uh, we, we, there's a lot of good things. But what's the purpose behind it? It's in response to His grace. We've got to remind ourselves of the grace of God. And has your busyness become a distraction today? Are you just entertaining Christ, even in your Bible reading, even in your prayer time, even in your church attendance? Is it just become an attempt to entertain Christ? Man, you have good intentions. No one is faulting you for that. But what's right here? Are we so busy that church has become a time to entertain Christ, going to a worship service, but is there any worship in it? I think that's Christ's question for us today, because God wants to raise us up as worshipers. Let's talk about Mary. Mary, she's a worshiper. I like Mary, too. She's, a, she's unlike her older sister, though, and honestly, me and Mary wouldn't have got along very well. I'm more the older, I'm a single child, so I'm kind of more like the older child. How many older childs are there? All right. Who's the babies? Okay, we're about half and half, all right? All right, so if you're an older child, younger child, that's kind of what we have going on right here. Older child, what are y'all? Are y'all responsible, active, headstrong, opinionated, right? Younger child, right? We're the, ba- the babies of the family. Kind of like a little bit more attention. That's okay. It's not a bad thing. Uh, and, and Mary's kind of like that. She's a little more quiet. She's very sincere, though, and she's contemplative. She kind of has this go-with-the-flow personality, and she's, she, if, if she was the baby sister, Martha was the baby sitter, Right? And that's kind of how their relationship works. So you're going to see some things in, in this passage. And, but yet, you know what? Here's the cool thing about Mary. Even if she wasn't the business-minded one, she was curious about the wider world, and she was no less devout to Jesus. It's just that her personality and her gifts and her talents were different. It's okay to be different. You're not going to be like me, and I'm not going to be like you. You've got different talents than I do but we're supposed to be both using them for the Lord, and that's where we come to Mary. Mary moved people. Mary moved people. In John chapter 11, the Bible says that Mary was, while Martha was out there running to Jesus, Mary sat in the funeral home, let's say, and it was actually in their house, and and was weeping over her brother. She was very moving. And so the people there stayed with Mary. They didn't go with Martha. Mary actually had some cares. Uh, like a charismatic gift in, in a sense that people uh, followed her. And the Bible says that when Mary left to go finally get to Jesus, that the people were moved by her compassion and her, her love for her brother and her love moved people and people followed her weeping with her. See, she kind of had some... Uh, maybe maybe Martha was a little opinionated. Maybe people couldn't really stand to be around Martha very much. I don't know. She had good things, but we all have our little, little issues. But Mary could move people. So much so, and this is the also thing about Mary, that she actually moved Christ too. Mary comes up, she meets Jesus, and she makes the same profession of faith that Martha uh, did not as great, but she says, Jesus, I knew if you were here, you would have been able to save him. But she's still weeping for her brother, and the crowd comes weeping. The Bible says that Jesus was so moved and deeply troubled in his spirit because he saw her. He actually was watching her, and Mary moved Jesus. In the very famous verse that we know is the shortest verse in the Bible about Jesus, Jesus wept. See, he was moved by her love. You know, and what does that mean? You know what her gift was? Mary was a worship leader. She moved people into love, compassion, and she moved Jesus too. That's what he's looking for us to do. do does our heart move Jesus? That's Mary's gift. John chapter 12, look with me real quick. John chapter 12, verse 1. She may not have been a punctual person, but she was a worship leader. And worship means to prescribe worth to God. John chapter, 1 verse, or John chapter 12, verse 1. We don't know, this may have been the same time. It might have been later. But we know that Jesus was six days before the Passover, came to Bethany where Lazarus was, this is after his resurrection, whom Jesus has raised from the dead, and they made him a supper there. This is in their home. And Martha was serving, but Lazarus was one of the ones reclining at the table with him. And Mary then took a pound of very costly perfume of pure and nard and anointed the feet of Jesus, wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. You see, Mary, or Martha loved Jesus through her sacrifice of service, But Mary showed people how to love through a sacrifice of worship. Both were great acts to Jesus. But Mary's had some heart in it. It had some heart in it. And she was like David and undignified and said, you know, I'm going to be more undignified. I'm going to be willing to be more foolish than this. And she, in this moment, when when Martha was so caught up in the things to do for Jesus, Mary got captivated by Jesus. You see the difference? Get caught up in all the things to do for Jesus. Or are you really captivated by Jesus? Is it about just going to church and paying our tithes and not cussing, not drinking, and, and being a good person and wearing the right clothes and separating ourselves from the world and doing all the right things, which are great? They're great acts of service. But Jesus looks at Mary and she said, he says, Wow, she's captivated by me. She's pouring out for me. And she's chosen the better part. She had this, and that's probably part of her personality too. And, and I'm not asking us to be not who we are. I'm a Martha kind of person. I'm a headstrong, independent, non-emotional kind of person. And I don't relate to a lot of the Marys of the world. I just, that's just, we're different, okay? But Mary teaches us something, especially us adults, it's okay to be a little childlike with Jesus. See, she wasn't caught up. She, she was supposed to be serving this guy plate, but it's like before she got to give him his drink, she, she heard his voice, and she just kind of stopped. Like, and most people would have thought of her being kind of aloof. You know, like, oh, Mary. You know, she's always got her heads up in the clouds. And like Peter's trying to grab his drink, and she's holding it. Because she heard his voice, and she got captivated. By him. I wonder if sometimes when we grow up, do we lose a little bit of that? You get a little too mature in Jesus, maybe. Right? We get a little bit too adult-like, and we forget, who am I worshiping? Who are we really here for today, church? I know it's Mom's Day. I love my mom. I love my wife. She's a great mom. But we're here today for Jesus Christ. Man, who are we worshiping? Mary was willing to lay it down at His feet, captivated by His words. And maybe despite some youthful ignorance, she wasn't perfect. Martha wasn't perfect. But Martha forgot to worship. Where's the heart in our sacrifice today? What's the point of all the church attendance? And, and what in my life, have I looked, if I look at my life, what have I really been bowing down to? Where do I pour myself out? If, am I pouring myself out at my work? Am I pouring myself out in my hobbies? Maybe it's even my family. Because what captivates my attention most? What causes me to stop and listen? Is it the words in red? Is it, is it the Holy Spirit's prompting on my life that I can be going about, man, I've got to mow the yard, i got to clean, I've got to cook, i got to do all these things, but then the Holy Spirit speaks? Does it, does it captivate me? Or, man, I get up in the morning and and uh, I got I don't know I don't have time, I didn't have time to pray today and, but then okay and the word just read a word or I hear a verse in the in the song or uh, I I see a billboard I don't know what it is but does the Lord get to speak to you and I and does it press pause on our life and captivate us? Or are we so busy today in our American? Midwest, South, Southern lives, that we forget to be worshipers before we are workers. You see, what Jesus was saying here, which is better? You see, what He is asking us today is not to pick one or the other, but to be a worshiping servant. He says, look in those verses again in Luke, Only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part. You know, Martha was judging her sister for leaving her alone in the kitchen. You know, Martha had good intentions. She was preoccupied, though. And she got a little bit judgmental with Mary, because why? Because Martha wasn't focused on Christ. We get our focus off of Christ, church, today. If we get our focus off of Christ, judgmental sayings come out. We start comparing, well, that's Joe's gifts. What's my gifts? Joe's sacrifice versus my sacrifice. Your, your traits, your talents, your abilities versus mine. And it's, we forget. What's it all about? Who's it all for? What it, what it, what's, what's the purpose of it all? And if we're not careful, our acts of service can really become about serving us. I really hate the term worship service. I really do. I, I just want to come to worship. Because oftentimes, what, why, what is it about? Why why do we come every week, or or even in our midweek Bible studies, uh, uh, is it it an act of worship to God, or is it something that I'm feeling like I'm here to be served? Because we can become prideful in our sacrifice when we forget who we are and who we're sacrificing for. It's all about His grace. That's what Mary got. It's all about His grace. It's all about who he is. I love what we read this morning in Psalms chapter 40, that David is saying, I can't even hold it in, how awesome you are, God. I have not withheld it in my heart, I can't withhold it in my lips, because, and he goes on to say, if I could number the hairs on my head, I I would have sinned many times more than that. But you know what, your sin is finite, in a sense. One sin separates us from God, and one sin could not, you couldn't even do anything about it. It would have kept you out of heaven, sent you straight to hell, one sin. And David says, if I could number the hairs on my head, it would be more than that. You know what? You have a birth and a death. Your sin has a beginning and an end of how much you can commit, right? And you could commit 10,000 sins a day. Let's just throw a number out there, right? Tons, more than you could ever handle. But you know what? God and what David understood, he said, but God, your grace is more numerous than I can count. God has no beginning and God has no end. His grace is so much bigger than your sin. That's what David got, and it, and it prompted something in here to worship. Just like Mary, she poured out that expensive perfume and was willing to put down her responsibilities to be a little childlike and to pour uh, on His feet and to wash with His hair and even to, to listen She broke cultural norms. When the boys were supposed to be at the table, Mary found herself not acting like she should. She was supposed to be in the kitchen. But Mary was willing to say, I don't care what people think. I don't care what people are doing. I am just captivated by Jesus. Sometimes I hear those things, and I hear a pastor say what I just said, and you're like, that's good preaching, but I don't don't get it. I don't... I don't feel that way. We'll all get there. If we're not careful, we'll all live there. But we have to keep coming back to that place and say, God, it's all about Your grace. You see, one author says this. He says, we forget that what we do with Christ is more important... If, sorry, we forget in this like Mary. We can forget what we do with Christ is more important... What we do for Christ is really more important. It's not about what we do with Christ. It's about what we do, sorry, it's not about what we do for Christ. It's what we do with Christ. It's not what you're doing for Christ today. It's what are you doing with Christ. See, we need Marys and Marthas. So we need Mary Marthas. And in that order, too. If you're Martha today, maybe you're Mary today. We need Mary Marthas. Anybody name Mary Martha? I know sometimes people do that. You see, we need Marthas and Marys. And Jesus didn't say this. He didn't say, hey, you should be more like your sister. He's not asking you to be anybody else than you. But He's not discrediting your service or your sacrifice, but He's reminding us about our need for worship. You see, a church full of Marys would be just as evil as a church full of Marthas, because both are needed. God needs your gifts, and so does the church. God needs your talents, your abilities, your resources. and Somebody else's is needed as well. None of the, church, the church is never whole until everyone's all in. There's always help needed, and many today, I can just be honest, as a pastor, and pastoring this church and other churches, I'd say the same thing. A lot of people today are, are lacking in worship because they're working so hard. Because so many people and so many Christians today don't use their gifts for the body of Jesus Christ. They're not participating in all the things that God has called them to do, and so it makes other people work harder. No doubt Martha could have used another few hands in the kitchen, and she probably would have felt, yeah, those ladies got that covered for a second. Let me go take a break and listen to Jesus. That's probably where she would have lived. She would have agreed with us today in that. But Jesus still says, Martha, I don't care how many hands in the kitchen you need. Don't forget what's really important. You see, yeah, you can have your hands in the kitchen but your heart better be with Jesus. Men, you can have your hands under the hood, but your heart better be with Jesus. It's got to start in the heart. It's kind of like this, if you think about it, do we put the cart before the horse? One, one author, Joanna Weaver, she wrote the good book, Having a Merry Heart in a Martha World, she says it this way, when we put work before worship, we put the cart before the horse. The cart is important, and so is the horse. But the horse must come first. Or you'll end up pulling the cart yourself. Worship has got to be the foundation of our lives with Jesus Christ. Every day, start it off with worship. Every day, start your day off with worship. I don't care if it's a CD. I don't care if it's Bible reading, prayer time, if it's you in your car, if it's you making breakfast before anybody gets up. Start your day with worship. It's going to be a lot better, trust me, at the end of the day. Start your day with worship. And at the same time, in the busyness of life, moms, whether it's the juggling of everything going on, dads, the juggling of everything that mom's not doing, right? And, and take some time and worship. When you come to church, worship. When you, when you go to Bible study, Worship. When you're trying to organize, should I go to my kid's ball? I'm going to be the good mom. I want to be the good dad. Take time and worship. Because he says there's a lot of good things out there, but she's chosen the better part that can't be taken away from her. Who can take your worship away from you? Right? Only you. Service is good, but worship comes first. What pleases Christ the most in your life? Is it everything that you think you can accomplish before you die? Or is it worship? Mary and Martha were devoted, each had gifts to use, and thank God they did. But our hearts must be on the Word, no matter where our hands are. What's a good servant? Think about it in the way of Jesus, our Master. What kind of a good servant, a butler or a housekeeper, is so busy... That they cannot listen to take orders from their master. Think about it. You pay a housekeeper to clean your house. And they're doing a great job and you appreciate what they're doing. But they never listen to you when you say, hey, can you clean this room next? Nope, i got things to do. I'm all kind of da-da-da-da-da. And you love what they're doing. But they never listen. Sometimes that's like us in Christianity. We like to do, we're trying to do good things. Man, there's a lot of good people in this room today. A lot of good people in our church at Sanctuary. We can be so busy trying to do good things that we forget to listen and worship. Amen? Is our work kingdom work? And does our work come before our worship? Jesus said in John 15, Apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from Jesus, You can do nothing. You understand that, church? Nothing you do apart from Jesus will last. Nothing you do apart from Jesus will last. Worship team, would you come? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Nobody moving around. Just take a moment with Jesus right now. We're going to take a time for worship here as our response to him. most important part of the whole service is the response. Just like Mary and Martha, how we respond makes all the difference in what Jesus says to us. Choose the better. You know, worshiping God naturally should flow into serving Him. I'm praying for more servants' hearts in the body of Christ today. But I first have to pray for more worshipers. You see, there's no point in serving Christ if you're not worshiping Him. So are we missing the point sometimes of worship service? Not just the Sunday morning time, but our life. We can sacrifice for Christ by our works of service all day long, but Jesus is saying the better sacrifice is in the sacrifice of yourself in worship. Mary sacrificed her position, her reputation, her finances, but more importantly, she sacrificed herself in worship to God. You have many responsibilities on this world today. Maybe you have the title of mom, maybe you have the title of dad, husband, wife, son, daughter. You've got a responsibility, but is your first responsibility Jesus? Jesus? Is your first ambition, is your first captivation, is the person you're focusing on today, the center of your life, Jesus Christ? Is there a heart of worship inside of you that you can't contain it? And it's okay if there's not. You don't feel that way. Maybe you felt it once before, but you don't feel it again. It's time to get captivated by His grace. By His grace. See, Mary and Martha both love Jesus so very much. But the best part about Jesus is just sitting at His feet and worshiping Him. Father God, I pray in this next few moments as we make a decision to come to You and worship. God, that it wouldn't just be a song to be sung. It wouldn't just be a time to be had. But Lord, it would be a change of our heart, oh God. To put You at the very center of it. They like David, we say, God, I can't stop speaking about your grace. God, I can't hold it in from telling other people about it because my heart is on fire for worshiping you. I'll leave my position. I'll leave my reputation. I'll give my finances for missions, for a kingdom service. God, I'll invite you into my home. I'll make the church a part of my life because I'm worshiping you. Not the other way around. I don't do all those things to try to be a worshiper. God, I'm a worshiper first and a servant second. Jesus. Father, I pray we'd be worshipers today. Perhaps you're here today and the best way to worship God is to give Him your whole self. That is to be saved. Accept Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life because He's loved you with an everlasting love. He will save you from sin, hell, and death. He silences the devil of accusing you. He takes away your past. He gives you a, a better future. He loves you. He died for you. And He wants you to have the best life now possible, but yet the best life in eternity with Him. But salvation isn't about what you do. It's about what Jesus did for you. And like Mary and Martha, you've got to invite them into your home, into your heart, and say, Jesus, be the center of my house. Jesus, be the center of my marriage. Jesus, be the center of my relationship. God, Jesus, be the center of my heart. That's you today. and You say, Pastor Heath, that's me. For the first time, or maybe... The 15th time, I don't know. Maybe you felt like you have just walked away from Jesus. I'm not talking about good Christians making a mistake and needing to repent. I'm talking about I need to get fully committed as a worshiper of Jesus Christ. I want to be saved. And if I die today, I don't know where I'd spend eternity.